All right, if you've got a Bible, grab it, open it, turn it on, follow along on screen in your outline or use the app. Um, Matthew chapter 16, Matthew 16, yeah, Matthew 16, that's where we're going today. Um, this is the last week of our series called Misinformed. Um, next week, we're starting a series called Empowered, and we're going to look at um, the Holy Spirit. Um, it's, we're going to look at it from like all kinds of, of, of different ways. Um, the Holy Spirit in, in the church world is kind of like um, crazy Uncle Eddie. <laughs> you know, some churches like really, really, really talk about it a lot. Other churches don't talk about it, him at all. And, and so we're, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works in us and through us in our lives. And we're going to spend a lot of time um, in Acts. And we're going to spend a lot of time looking at the early church in Acts and looking at what the early church did to get outside of their walls and, and reach people who, who didn't know Jesus. And that's why this church exists. And so that, so we can come in, um, we can introduce people to Jesus. People can have an encounter with Jesus and, and they can experience life change. That's what this church is about. And that's what happens when the Holy Spirit, um, it, it dwells us as we, 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 we're empowered. That's what the series is called. Um, we're empowered to go out and do the things that God has called us to do, um, because he's, he's gifted us. And so we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that. Um, But today we're going to wrap this series up. And just a real quick review. Um, Week number one in this series, we started talking about how we needed to buy in to the truth of Jesus Christ. He's told, told us that he himself is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. That, like, that's it. There's, there's, no, there's no other way, right? You, you can say all roads lead to heaven. You, you, can, you can get into that, but only one road's gonna let you in, right? I mean, that, that's it. Just the, the road through Jesus. Like, in the simplest form, it's, it's Jesus. No, no, other, no other anything, right? And so I asked you to start asking yourself this question, what do I do on a daily basis to intentionally put my focus on Jesus. Because you, you've got to have that down. You, you've got to, if, if you're not putting your intention, your, your focus intentionally on Jesus, you're going to buy into the junk that the world tells you on a daily basis. I'm going to buy into that. I'm going to start believing that if I don't intentionally do stuff to put my focus on Jesus. And if that's true for me, I know it's true for you as well. The second week, we did the end of summer bash, and that was really cool, and that was a lot of fun. And last week, we talked about how God's love is limitless. We said, you know, that, that you, you can't lose your salvation. And we, we spent a lot of time really talking about that. And we did it in airline status terms and stuff like that. And, and, and we said, because it's received, it's, it's not achieved. It's not something that we work for, so, so we, can't, we can't lose it. And I told you that if you're in Christ, if, if, if you're following Jesus, like if you've received Jesus into your life, if that has happened, then there's not going to be anything that you've done, and there's not going to be anything that you're going to do where God is going to be disappointed in you. Because he is sovereign, he rules, he, he, he reigns supreme, he's, he, he's, he's predestined our steps, he, he knows everything that we're going to do, and he still sent his son to die for us. This week, as we finish this out and we look at this whole idea of not buying into the world, what the world tells us, um, l- l- let, me, let me start with a question. Have you ever had somebody, um, either they said something to you or about you that hurt you? Ra- raise your hand. A- anybody have that? Is that like every hand up in the, in the whole place? <laughs> we all know what that's like. 
We all know what it's like to have somebody say something to us or about us that hurt us. In fact, one of the biggest lies that we're told as kids, and we recite this lie often, is sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true, is it? Like, that, that's a lie, because I've been beat up. Like, I don't know about you, but I've been in some fights. I've been physically hit in the face. I've been kicked. I've been knocked down. I've been beat up. But I would much rather take a physical beating, because you can get over that, right? I mean, eventually, you get over a physical beating. But the mental and the emotional beatings that some of us have had, you, you, can't, you can't unhear that stuff. You can't unlive that stuff. That stuff scars deep, yes or no? I remember talking to a family member one time about a girl I had a crush on. She she didn't even she didn't even know I existed. We were teenagers. But I was I was talking to him and I said, Hey man, I, I wish that there was a way that you could know what other people thought about you. And he said, what do you mean? I said, like, kind of like, kind of like a way to read people's mind, like what they're thinking. He looked at me and he said, you don't want that. I said, why not? He said, because there's a lot of people that don't like you, Ryan. What? Who doesn't like me? Seriously, I had this like, like, I'm a nice person. Why would people not like me? And I remember him saying, there's a lot of people that don't see things the way that you see things. And he started explaining that. And I thought, that's the dumbest thing. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because remember how smart you are as a teenager? Remember that? You know everything. But looking back on it, he is absolutely right. You know how I know he's right? You know how I know? There's this thing today called social media. And it has changed the world, hasn't it? Now, listen, listen, listen. I'm not the anti-social media guy. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I love social media. I have Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and InstaFace and Snap. What, I, I, have, I, have, I don't know how most of it works, all right? But, but I have it. So I'm not the anti-social media guy. I just think it's a tool we should use rather than a tool we allow to control us. Amen. Like, that's really where I think. I honestly love some of the things that we get to do on social media. But social media has given other people access to our thoughts, specifically what they think, or to, it's given us access to their thoughts, specifically what they think about me, what they think about you. And, and, and some of the things that they say has been hurtful. Some of the things have been damaging. And some of those things have been destructive. In fact, I read a ton of stories this week that said, with the increased use of social media, we've also had an increase in anxiety, depression, loneliness, which, which is crazy to me. Because if you think about it, because of social media, we've never been more connected to people in the world than we are right now. But loneliness is one of the biggest things people struggle with. And so anxiety, depression, loneliness, and self-harm. I saw an article this week where an 11-year-old boy took his own life because of online bullying. That's absolutely heartbreaking. Crap like that shouldn't happen. Go do a, a Wikipedia search today. It's one of the saddest things that maybe you shouldn't do this. But if you, if you Wikipedia or, or just Google search and read the Wikipedia thing of suicides because of online bullying, you get this Wikipedia article and it's just like tons of names and it's got, it's got names, it's got ages and, and the, 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 the number of teenagers in this thing is horrible. It's horrible. 
that that happens in the world that we live in today. It's horrible that we would allow somebody to say something to us or about us that consumes us to the point where we would actually harm ourselves or other people. And so the misinformation today, the one that we're going to look at today, the thing that that we're going to end this series with is that the world tells us that we need to find our identity in the ideas that other people have about us. And that, that's just not true. But the world makes us feel like we need to find our identity in the ideas that other people have about us. Because if I'm guessing correctly, most people in this room, most people who are going to watch us online, you want to be liked, right? No, nobody's like, oh, I want everybody to hate me. No, you don't. You want to be liked. I want to be liked. I want people to perceive that I'm a good person. The problem happens when we get so wrapped up in being liked, we find our identity in what people say to us and about us. And we've got to be really careful with that. Listen, not just with the bad stuff, but even with the good stuff. Because I found out a long, long, long time ago that those that deify will also crucify. So it's dangerous. It's very dangerous to let our emotions rest on the opinions of other people, especially those who don't know us. Let me show you what I'm talking about. We're going to look at this passage of Scripture today in Matthew 16. I've, I've preached a ton on this over the years. Um, this, is, this is ultimately um, one of my favorite Bible verses passages. Like, I, I, I love this entire thing. Um, I love how it plays out. I love how, how it preaches. Um, I love the theology behind it. I love the whole thing in Matthew 16. And you've heard me preach on this before, but I want to try to show it to you a little bit different today than I've showed you in the past. All right? So here we go. Matthew 16, we'll start in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. Now that sentence right there in and of itself is loaded. Like I probably spent three weeks just talking about Caesarea Philippi. Um, it'll bore you to death, but it's super cool. Um, when he came there, he asked the disciples, who do people say the son of man is? This right here is crazy because as we're reading this passage, one of the things we forget about Jesus, and I say we because I'm including myself in this too, when we're reading the Bible, when we're listening to the stories, we forget that Jesus was fully God and fully man. He's fully God and he's fully man. You understand that, right? Like, like you have to get that. We have to be on the, like, this, this is one of those things. Like, we can divide and we can disagree over many, 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 many church type things. This one, uh-uh. We got to be on the same page. Fully God, fully man. He's not 50-50. Like, he's not just man while he's on earth, and he's not just God when he's in heaven. He's 100-100 all the time, right? Fully God and fully man. And often, we focus, and, and this is a problem with the churches, is that we focus so much on his divinity, not understanding it's his humanity that connects us. And, and, and I say that, it's important, because when you read in Hebrews, it, it tells us there's never a thing going on in our lives that you can't take to Jesus that he doesn't understand, because he lived, just like we live. He had the same struggles, just like we have the same struggles. The same, he, he didn't sin, he didn't give in to temptation, but temptation was all around him. The devil was constantly trying to tempt him. There were all kinds of things in the outside sources of people. Like, there's so much going on. And so he really did have the same things. And so he really can identify with everything that's going on inside of us. And, and, and listen, don't miss this. Since Jesus is fully God and he's fully man, he can identify 
identify with us when people say things to us or about us. Because his entire ministry, people were saying things to him and about him. And we all understand that. We all understand what that's like. Like, we understand that there are people that we can't identify with, and there are people we can't identify with. Like for me, I, I can't identify with people who do certain things. Like people who get eight hours of sleep. You suck to me. Seriously, I don't even know how you do I would love that. I love to get a shot just one time, like just, just once, like eight hours of pure sleep. How many of you can do that? How many of you can do that? Raise your hand high. Say it's your church. I'm telling you. Just kidding. Cool. Awesome. Maybe like send me a note. Oh, how do I, I don't understand. I can't identify with that. I can't do it. I can go lay in bed for 12 hours, but I'm only going to get like three hours of sleep. Like that's just, I, I don't know. I can't do it. Um, I can't identify with Star Wars people. I don't get it. I don't understand you nerds. Like for, for real. Like I, 100%. Like the first three movies that came out, which are like the last three movies... He lost me right there at that. But those were cool. Back when you had Han Solo and Luke and Leia and Vader and just straight stormtroopers. Like, it was cool, man. You can understand that. But then you came out with three new movies. You got Jar Jar and you got like what? Or I don't even know what his name is. You got all this weird stuff. And you're all geeked out about it. You're standing in line for hours to watch the movies. And you don't even understand what's going on. And then you get all mad and you're like, well, just read the books. The books make it better. No! I don't understand. I can't identify with that. I can't identify with Star Trek people. I know right now in your mind it's Trek. That's what you're getting ready to say, right? It's Trek, Star Trek. I don't get it. I don't understand. I can't identify because, again, you got Kirk. Kirk was pretty cool. Spock was pretty cool. And then you got Picard, and that was kind of all right. But now you don't even know who's leading the Enterprise. Like, I mean, it's just like, so I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I also can't identify with and understand why Star Trek and Star Wars people fight with each other. Like, it's got to be this. It's this. It's all fake. It's all make-believe. Knock it off. I don't understand vegetarians. <laughs> I can't identify with you. I just can't. I just, I cannot wrap my mind around how you do not love the deliciousness of a cow. I just, I just can't, I can't understand it. But I guess I can accept it because it's more meat for me. So cool. You eat your vegetables and that's all right. I can't identify with cat people. I just can't. I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't understand or identify, like how, how, like like my own hairball is like coming out. Like it's disgusting. Can't identify with it. <laughs> you know what's coming next, right? I can't. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I just can't identify with Iowa fans. I just like, I like, look, here's all of your emotions right here. Just re- like this is Facebook right here, like during an Iowa game right here for you. I mean, I just... You better put that down. Nobody's laughing. Nobody thinks that's funny. I am kind of pleased that I've, I've so made fun of you and broken the culture that you're not repping your Iowa gear this morning after a cheap win. But anyway, um, <laughs> I can make a list all day long, like seriously. Um, but here, here's the thing. There's nothing we could take to Jesus that would ever cause him to go, I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand that. 
That, that, that makes me sick to think about that. I don't, I don't, ugh, yuck. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, he, he gets it. Everything that we're going through, every struggle we have in life, he understands. And so he's asking the disciples, hey, who do people say that I am? And, and I love their answer. Look, look at the first word, verse 14. Well, well, just so you know, in communication, well is the word that buys you time so you can think of something to say because you really don't want to tell them the truth. Like if I were to leave here today and say, hey, you like my shirt? And somebody goes, well, they're, they're trying to figure out how to tell me my shirt's ugly without breaking my heart, right? You like my shirt? Well, it's a shirt. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing to say, right? It's the easiest thing. You like my haircut? Well, it's, it's a haircut. You like my shoes? Well, they're shoes. Do you want to go to dinner? No, that's, that's probably easier to say that, right? You don't have to really get that. Um, but Jesus says, who do people say I am? And they go, well, I mean, hey, hey guys, come here quick. Like, come here, come here, come here, come here. Huddle up, huddle up. What are we going to tell them? Like, everybody's saying all this stuff. Like, what are we going to say? Let's just tell them the good stuff. Okay, let's tell them the good stuff. Ready, break. And they break apart. Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist. And well, Jesus, some say Elijah. And, and well, some people say Jeremiah. I mean, Jesus, you got to understand, there's a lot of stuff out there. You're trending pretty big on social media right now. And so they say that, or well, you're, you're like one of the other prophets. Like, well, like Micah, or well... Habakkuk, or well, Obadiah, or one of those guys. Now, that's good stuff. What they're saying is good stuff. We can all agree on that. To be called John the Baptist, that's pretty cool. That dude had an effective ministry. He ate locusts and wild honey, so he probably falls in that vegetarian, well, I guess not locusts, but anyway, it's a weird diet that I'm not buying into. He gets his head chopped off, and he went to heaven, um, and so he has this cool ministry, and he's a pretty cool dude. He goes to heaven, he's listed as a Bible hero, pretty awesome, it's great. Elijah called down fire from heaven. That's cool. That would be a cool party trick, yes or no? I, I would love to be able to do that when I'm stuck in traffic. Anybody else? to blow them all up, all right? Jeremiah. Jeremiah is called a faithful prophet. Some of the stuff that God asked Jeremiah to do, absolutely crazy. And Jeremiah just stepped into it. Jeremiah just did it. He was so, 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 so faithful. So don't miss this. The people who were talking about Jesus were saying good things about Jesus, but they didn't actually know Jesus. So while they were saying, while what they were saying was good, it wasn't accurate because Jesus was not John the Baptist. He was greater. Jesus was not Elijah. He was greater. Jesus was not Jeremiah. He was greater. He was not one of the other prophets. He was greater. What if, what if the human side of Jesus would have said, well, you know what? If everybody says I'm John the Baptist, I, I, I guess I probably need to be more like John the Baptist. So he would have done a great job pursuing who John the Baptist was, but not actually pursuing who he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be Jesus, not John the Baptist. Does this make sense? Like what if he would have said, you know, I guess I, guess I just need to be more like Elijah. 
if some people say I need to be Elijah, if some people say that I'm Elijah, I guess that's who I need to be. He would have done a good job trying to be Elijah, but he wasn't supposed to be Elijah. He was supposed to be Jesus. The reason I say this is because sometimes even when other people say good things about us, even though they're good, they might not be accurate. But because we get so addicted to the good, we become who they want us to be. And listen to me. And when we become who they want us to be, we will never become who Jesus wants us to be. And that's a dangerous place to be. So they said some good stuff about Jesus. They also said some bad stuff. And Jesus knew all about the bad stuff. There's so many examples. Like, like one example, he's, he's arguing with the religious people one time. He always, 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 always argued with them. Do you know that 2,000 years ago, some of the meanest, most cruel, hateful people on the planet were religious? Man, how much we've progressed in 2,000 years, right? I was thinking the other day, the reason Jesus came 2,000 years ago and not today is because if they would have had social media back then, it wouldn't have taken them three years to kill him. They would have got him in three weeks, right? So, so anyway, Jesus is arguing with this group of religious people, and, and they said this to Jesus. Look at this. This is, um, this, this is John chapter 8. This is what they said to Jesus. It's what the religious people said to Son of God, creator of the universe, Jesus. This is what they said. Verse 48. The people retorted, you Samaritan devil. It ain't going to go good from there. You Samaritan devil. Didn't we say how long you were possessed by a demon? Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. I told you last week, all of us are going to stand before Jesus one day. All of us. All of us will stand before Jesus one day. No, no matter if you receive him or not, the Bible says, at the, at the name of Jesus, every, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. We will all stand before him. Is it going to be too late for you? Or are you gonna, I, I, don't, I don't know. You need, you need to make sure on this side of eternity that it's right because we are all going to stand before him one day. Now, there's some things, personally, I don't want to answer for. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you don't know about me, but you know for you, there's some things personal. But I told you last week, if you're in Christ, God sees us without a single fault. Without a single fault. And that's awesome, right? But here's the thing. While I have some baggage, and I'm going to probably take a lot of baggage with me to the other side, at least I'm not going to be these people. Right? Can you imagine the people that call Jesus a Samaritan devil? Can you imagine being one of the people that call Jesus demon-possessed and actually standing before him one day? And they're like, oh, yeah, see, what happened was, uh, Jesus, like, my, my friend, like, it, it was my friend. He said it, and, he, and, and, and I rode with him. And so I didn't want to disagree because I needed a ride home. And so Jesus, I didn't, quick question. Did Jesus know something about personal attack, yes or no? Yes. This right here, Samaritan devil, demon-possessed, it's one of the most racially, spiritually insensitive things that you could have said to somebody in that time period. And so Jesus knew what it was like to be personally attacked. And so do you. And so do you I. So, for example, <laughs> this week, via social media, it's funny how, how God just makes things happen when you're writing sermons. It's the best. I found out this week, this, this might be a news flash to some of you, others of you, you already knew it. Um, but I found out this week that I'm going to hell. H how many of you didn't know that? No, no hands up? All right, y'all knew that's where I'm going. All right. I didn't know until I read one of my Facebook messages that said I'm going to hell. And, and here's why I'm going to hell. 
Here we go again. I cannot sit and be silent like your sheep followers. I guess that's you. I don't know. (laughs) Why are you leading people astray? You are a heretic doing witchcraft in the church. You are going to hell. I hope you enjoy the ride. Maybe sing Highway to Hell again in the church. After all, it's your theme song. You disgust me. Fake man. Couple things. It was hell's bells. It was not highway to hell. We have never played highway to hell in this church. We played the instrumental to hell's bells like eight years ago. Leave it alone. We, we probably will play highway to hell this year, just so everyone can just be like, so that they're correct. I don't know, that, but we did it. And so, so what? Secondly, I did an illusion show with my wife. It was all fake. I told you it was like it's not real. I don't have any magical powers. It was like whatever, man. It was just absolutely crazy. And we can look at that. We can gasp and we can laugh or whatever. But that stuff, it gets in your mind, doesn't it? Like when you first see it. And, and you're not with other people to laugh about it. And you're not with other people that tell you like, come on, man. Don't, don't, don't worry about that dude. Like that stuff gets deep. In fact, when other people come after you, whether it's on social media, whether it's face to face, whether you heard a rumor, let me tell you what happens. It's a cycle. And it starts out with, first of all, first of all, you get a, you get a personal attack. Everybody in this room knows what it's like to be attacked personally. You know what that feels like. And it's never, ever, 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 ever good, is it? And, and, and this is what I love. People, people see something like that, or you, you talk to somebody about what's going on, and they say, well, don't take that personally. All right, let me just slap you in the face and tell you, don't take it personally. Freaking hurts, doesn't it? Like, it, it hurts. It hurts. And a personal attack will always lead to private thoughts. And, and, and this, is, this is how this happens. And, and this is what the enemy does, and it's so, 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 creative and wicked and smart on his part. He will take what others say about us. It'll get into our minds. And all of a sudden, we start believing that we're the people who generated that thought. And so you get called an addict long enough, pretty soon you start to think, well, I'm just an addict. You you get called a whore long enough, and pretty soon you think, well, I'm just a whore. You get called a loser long enough, and, and, and sooner or later you begin to believe the lie of, I guess I'm, I guess I'm just a loser. And, and you start feeding off the negative thoughts rather than what Jesus says about you. You feed off the negative thoughts that other people put in your mind because that's how the enemy works. But listen, listen, listen. If you don't hear anything else I say the rest of this time, you need to walk out with this. Negative thoughts don't come from God. Negative thoughts do not come from God. Conviction, yes. But negative thoughts, no. Negative thoughts are ideas usually that are planted in our minds by other people. And we hear them. We hear them so much that eventually we adopt them as our own mindset, which leads to painful actions. This, the cycle, this is where depression and anxiety and loneliness and self-harm come from. No, no, nobody just wakes up here. 
They just don't. It starts with a personal attack that gets into our private thoughts and it leads to painful emotions. And so the misinformation that we've got to find our identity in the ideas of others is, is false. Because listen, just because somebody has an account on social media does not mean they should have access to our lives. That's, to put it in, to put it in terms we would fully understand, that's fake news. It's not true. It's absolutely not true. The good news is this. We don't have to allow deception to keep us from our destiny. What other people have said to you and about you doesn't have to affect you in regards to the God-given vision for your life. Now, I, I know what you, you're probably thinking. Does that mean I don't have to listen to anybody and I just get to do whatever I want to do? No, 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 no. That's not what it means at all. I love how Jesus demonstrates this for us. It's so powerful. This is such a powerful principle. Verse 15, watch this. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Like th- this right here, this is a great question. A great question. And he asked it to 12 guys. Don't miss that because that's huge. 12 guys. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you something. Most people, most of you, don't know me. You, you don't know me. You know about me. Like, because you come here to church on Sundays and you know about me if you follow me on social media. But, but you don't know me. You can know about me if you Google my name. You can know about me by watching sermons. You can know about me by kind of watching me from the outside, but you don't know me. And here's the reason you know about me, but you don't know me. Because listen, this is my confession. And my confession is your confession. I only post my highlight reel. Right? That's it. I only post my highlight reel. I only post my positive thoughts. I can do all things through Jesus who strengthened me. That's a positive thought. I'll post that. Life sucks and I don't know why I'm alive. I don't post that. I don't post that thought. But I've had it. You ever have that one? You ever have it? I, I, I posted this picture of my idiot puppy Titus on Thursday. Hey, my idiot coonhound puppy. He like almost a year old, like close to it. I don't know if you saw this on Facebook or whatever, but I got some likes and some loves. And someone said, oh, you love that dog. Maybe. Maybe I'm, I'm starting to like him a little bit more. But if I'm honest, in that moment right there, I didn't. Somebody wanted to see a picture of him. And so I spent five minutes Five minutes to get that picture right there. Because he wouldn't cooperate. I'm like, come here, Titus, and he'd run away. No, 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 Titus, come here, come here. I'd go get him a treat. I'd bring it to him. You can bribe a dog with a treat. Listen, in case you didn't know, a dog and a man are the same thing. Give them a treat, rub their belly, they're happy for the rest of the day. (laughs) It took me five minutes to get that stupid picture. And you might think, Oh my gosh, he's so happy with his dog. He loves his dog. I was not happy with my dog. I hated my dog in that moment. But it's my highlight reel, right? You post your highlight reel. You ever put up a family picture, yes or no? Yes or no? Here's the thing I know. The more kids you had in that picture, the more cuss words you said trying to get your kids to sit still and smile. No, come here, come here. Come here, come here. You're not even my kid. Get out of here. Get away. Getting everybody together is difficult, right? 
But you finally get that picture and everybody's smiling and you post it because you put up your highlight reel. When you take that picture of yourself, how much time do you spend on filters? Just asking for a friend. (laughs) Just saying, right? They're awesome, right? They always make you look way better than you really are. And so Jesus says, let's not talk about the people that know about me. I want to talk about the people who know me. So who do you guys, who do you say that I am? See, the people that knew about Jesus, that's a lot of people. This right here, who do you say I am, included 12 guys. They saw Jesus on his good days, and they saw Jesus on his bad days. Now, I need to say this real quick, because there's always somebody that's going to that's gonna think, Jesus never had any bad days. I'm going to go ahead and say, praying in the garden so hard that you're sweating drops of blood and asking God, hey, God, if there's any way you could take this cup from me, it'd be really cool. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that's a bad day. I'm going to go ahead and just argue that hanging naked from a cross with nails in your wrists and your feet screaming out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Don't know about you, but that's a bad day. And so these guys had seen Jesus on his ups and his downs. They'd seen him weep at Lazarus' funeral, but they saw him bring Lazarus back to life. They'd seen him walk on water, and then they saw him when he got the news that his cousin John the Baptist got his head cut off going, man, I need to get away and I just need to chill for a little while. I mean, they saw him at his best and they saw him at his worst. And he leans it to them, not the masses, to them, to the few that really knew him. And say, who do you say that I am? This is all I'm saying with this. We don't have to give everyone access to our lives. But we do need to give certain people access to our lives. And here's what's cool. Don't miss this. You get to choose who the you is for you. You get to choose who the you is. For, who, who, do, who do people say I am? Who do you say that I am? You get to choose who the you is for you. You get to choose. Like, like people have tried to speak into my life. <laughs> like that dude on Facebook, I can honestly give two flips about what he thinks about me or my sermon or my shirt or my witchcraft. <laughs> like I, I honestly don't care. But I care about what Jesus says. I care about what Jesus says about me. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? I I was listening to this podcast one time. I don't don't remember who said it. I don't remember who I was listening to. um, But I wrote it down and I actually did it um, for a little while. They said, when it comes to the criticism of others, they've taken, this is why you got this when you walked in. Everyone's like, what is this little piece of paper for? So I get a one-by-one piece of paper. I've taken everybody's opinion that matters to me. And I've taken their name. And I've written it down on this one-by-one piece of paper. And he said, when somebody criticizes him, he takes that piece of paper out. And if your name ain't on the paper, it don't matter. Because we can't let everybody speak into us. But we do have to give some people access. And here's the deal. You get to choose. Because, because for me, for me, there's all kinds of people who think they know me. But you don't know me until you've seen me at my best and at my worst. For the majority of us, you see me at my, at my best, but not my worst. Those are the people that have access to me. Those are the people that have access to you. Those are the people that get to speak into you. Because I love what Jesus says right here. He's like, hey, what do y'all think? And, and, and watch this. Remember, everybody speaks up at first. Well, some say you're this guy. and Well, some say you're this guy. N- nobody speaks up here <laughs> except for Peter. Watch this. It says this, Simon Peter answered. And this is where everyone's going, no. Peter, shut up. 
stop, man, because poor Pete, he's always getting it wrong. Like he got out of the boat, and then he sank, cut the guard's ear off when they came to arrest Jesus, which I kind of like, because he figured if that's wrong, Jesus will fix it, and that's kind of cool anyway. But Peter answered, and everybody probably rolled their eyes, and they're like, oh my gosh, Peter, why are you talking again? Peter can just shut up. But this time, this time Peter got it right. Watch this. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now, this is something I'd never thought about until a few weeks ago. Since Jesus is fully God and fully man, how good did this feel? From a human point of view, because Peter got it right. Peter didn't say, well, you're a good guy who teaches some good stuff. Peter didn't say, well, you know, Jesus, you're a miracle worker. Peter didn't say, oh, you're my BFF. You're a good dude. Peter said, you know what, Jesus? From what I've seen... From what I could tell, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And I love what Jesus says to Peter. Because Peter's got to be feeling good at this moment. He's got to be feeling great because he stepped up and nobody's saying you got anything wrong. Verse 17, Jesus replied, you are blessed. And Peter's like, dang right I'm blessed. I am blessed. Like, you fool, see that? I got something right. I did good. Woo! Peter. You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. In other words, Peter, you're not smart enough to come up with this on your own. He said, don't miss this. Peter spoke about the life. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Peter spoke about the life, and Jesus, the life, spoke life back into him. The people in your circle, they're going to speak life into you. You know why? Because God leads us. God, right here, God leads us to revelation. God leads us to revelation. God leads us to revelation. Because look at this. My Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. In other words, the Father led Peter to acknowledge the creator of life. This, I've said it for weeks. This right here, this is effectual calling. That's a theological term for it. That's what this is. This is God revealing himself to Peter. That's how it worked for Peter. It's how it worked for us. You can walk around your entire life and know about Jesus, but not know Jesus. But there comes a time where God reveals himself to us and we understand who Jesus is and what Jesus did for us and we receive him into our life. There comes a time when God reveals it. Peter, think about it. Peter walked with Jesus for, for, I don't know, two years up until this point. And he knew about Jesus and he knew all of these things. But in this moment, in this moment, Jesus even tells him, God revealed this truth to you. That's how it works. The reason it's important is because we need to begin to pray and we need to begin to ask God, who are the people? Who are the people in our circle? They'll speak life into us. Because listen, if you're not speaking life, I don't need to hear it. I've got too much crap going on on my TV, my computer screen, on my phone. I don't need that too. Now, I know the red flag that you're going to throw up right here, and I want to help you. Because you're thinking, well, I guess you only want people around you who are going to tell you the good stuff. No, 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 no. If I'm about to screw up, I want to know. Like like if I'm about to, to step off this stage... 
I, I saw this video this week, Post Malone. I don't know if you guys know who he is or not. I don't, I don't really know, but I thought this video was kind of cool. He's walking around. He's in concert. He's like singing. It was real lip syncing. High-fiving his fans. What's up, man? It's cool. Awesome. That's great. Hey, y'all. Oh! Dang. If I'm about to do that, somebody better tell me. Right? Like, if I'm, if I'm about to step off the stage, like, if I got my foot right here, and, and I'm about to take a step, and I'm about to fall forward, like, I, I, like, somebody who knows me, somebody who understands I don't want to spend the rest of my day in the ER, like, somebody can say, hey, Ryan, if you take a step, it's not going to go well for you. Like, that's speaking life into me. The, the, don't miss that. Correction is speaking life. Condemnation is speaking death. There's a, there's a difference between, hey, man, you're about to take a step, and if you take it, it's going to really hurt. There's a difference between that and, hey, you freaking idiot. If you take that step, you're going to fall flat on your face, which you probably deserve because you don't know Jesus. You don't love Jesus as much as I love Jesus anyway. I don't like that. And, and neither should you. Some of you know people like that. Some of you are like, I don't know anybody like that. You are that person. Another message, another time. <laughs> I don't mind correction. I, I don't, because correction, when spoken correctly, is life into us. Condemnation, though, is never from God. Because Romans 8, chapter 1 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation. There is now no condemnation. There is now what? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So let me tell you what's true about you today. This is how I want to end. I, I was thinking how to wrap up this message. I want this place, I want Central Church to be a life-giving church. I, I want it to be life-giving, right? I want you to, to feel better when you walk out of here than you did when you, when you walked in. Because all of us have experienced going to church and getting the hell beat out of us and walking out thinking, do I do anything right? I, I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I, I've had that experience. I don't want that here. I want this to be a life-giving church. And so let me tell you some things that are true about you. And you say, Ryan, you don't even know me. How can you say things are true about me? It's real simple. If you belong to Jesus, these things are true about you. And the reason I know they're true is because this is what the Bible says is true about you if you are in Christ. Number one, you're free. If you're in Christ, you're free. You're free. Now, I know some people don't feel free. But, but here's the beautiful thing about being a follower of Jesus we're not trapped in sin. We have the freedom to walk out of it. We really do. We are free. You're free to celebrate. You're free to have joy. You are free. The reason you can know you're free is because we're forgiven. If you're in Christ, you're forgiven. There's freedom when we understand that we're forgiven. And you are forgiven. You, you might say, Ryan, you, you don't know what I did. It was really bad. You're right. I don't know what you did. It probably was really bad, but I know who Jesus is, and he's really good. And his good is better than all of our bad combined. And, and, and I know, no matter what you did, you're forgiven. Now, now listen, I understand having a hard time with that. I do. I understand having a hard time, because I can believe that you're forgiven. I can believe you're forgiven, no matter what you did, no matter what happened to you. No matter, no matter what you did two years ago, no matter what you did five years ago, no matter what you did last night, no matter what you did on your way to church this morning, I don't have a problem with you being forgiven. I have a problem with the person that I looked at in the mirror this morning being forgiven. I wrestle with that, just like you wrestle with that. 
but I've got to lean in. Even when I don't understand it, even when I don't feel it, I've got to believe that in Christ, you, me, we, all of us are forgiven. Not only are we forgiven, but we're not forsaken. In Christ, you are not forsaken. He has never left me. He has never left you. Even when we've hit rock bottom and we think nothing good could come out of our lives, we realize he was there the entire time. And if you feel alone or forgotten today, you need to know he has never left you. He has never forsaken you. Years ago, years ago, I walked away from a a pretty successful ministry. I had had no idea what was going to happen. I felt like when I was going through that, even when I was involved in it, I felt like God had completely forgotten about me, abandoned me. But I was wrong. He had greater plans for my life. All of you would agree. If you look at me, you would say, God had greater plans for your life, right? And if God had greater plans for Ryan, he's got greater plans for your life too. Because you're not forsaken. Not only are you not forsaken, but you are blessed. In Christ, he has blessed you beyond anything you could ever imagine. You are blessed. And if you're in Christ, you're victorious. You are victorious. You are not a victim. You can actually get up and walk in the victory that he has promised you. When we walk out of church today, we don't have to walk out of here with our heads down. We can walk out of here with our heads high because we are more than conquerors in him who loves us. This isn't just true about me. This is true about you. I'm chosen. I'm not forsaken. I am who he says that I am. That's the truth of who you are in Christ. And that's where you find your identity in him, not in the world. Let's pray. God, we're so incredibly thankful for your word. God, help us, help us to see who it is that you say that we are and not buy in to the junk and the lies that the world tries to tell us that, that, that we're, we're anything other than what you have called us And God, help us to call out the truth of who you are. God, I pray for those here that might not know you, that you would reveal yourself in a way that they see you, where you call them home to the foot of the cross. You begin to to rescue them from themselves. Mary's going to sing a song, and, and, and I just want you just to listen to the song. It's not long. I'm not going to stand. I just want you to. I just want you to listen. It's a song that um, some people she went to college with a long time ago wrote, and you won't know it. Um, but it's this idea of who do you say that I am? It's this thing that all of us have to wrestle with. We all have to, to struggle with. We all have to come to terms with. Who is it you? Who is it that you say the Son of Man is? Who do you say God is? Who do you say Jesus is? You got to wrestle that down to the ground. You got to know that. You got to get that thing right. It's the most important question that you can be asked, honestly. Who do you say Jesus is? Do you just know about Jesus or do you know Jesus? I'm telling you, this is a church where you can know Jesus. We want to help you get to know Jesus. And when you do know Jesus, we want to help you continue to know Jesus. Not just about Jesus, not just a bunch of knowledge about him, but have a relationship and serve and and just follow him the best you can every day for the rest of your life.